Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talk Spicy. I'm Coach Gene Clemens. Thank you for joining me wherever you are joining me. Rate the show, comment, agree, disagree, but whatever you do, keep it spicy. Five-star ratings are appreciated. And if you're joining me on the YouTube channel, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. I saw a tears, um, a quarterback rankings for tears. And I, I looked at where the tiers were. And it was interesting because I think at that time when I was looking at they had Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow as the top tier. And I went, well, what, what goes into the criteria of these tiers that Josh Allen and Joe Burrow would be on the same tier as a two-time MVP, as a two-time Super Bowl winner, I just couldn't figure it out. I mean, the statistics don't even look the same. If you were just going by statistics, the statistics don't look the same. The consistency isn't the same. What am I missing? Like, why is Josh Allen even on the same tier as, you know, as Joe Burrow? He's never drug his team to a Super Bowl. Only to get beat by the top tier. He's never done that. Um, I, I looked at a rankings, a quarterback rankings, because my that was an issue, but it wasn't my biggest issue. It was that Kirk Cousins and um, um, Matthew Stafford were still in the top 10 of quarterbacks on this list. It was a different list in the tiers, but they both had the same thing. That Prescott wasn't amongst the best. Um... Deshaun Watson wasn't amongst the best. Russell Wilson wasn't amongst the best. Interesting enough, interesting enough, Geno Smith wasn't amongst the best. See, my problem is, is that some quarterbacks, it only takes them to have one really good season in order for them to ascend to the elites. For, for other quarterbacks, it takes them multiple years to ascend to the elites. And when they do, it only takes them one bad season to descend. How is that Prescott not one of the best quarterbacks in the league? Why is he on the hot seat? Why are people acting like this is the last year of that, that Prescott? When we've sat and we've watched Kirk Cousins be mediocre his entire NFL career and continue to get contract after contract after contract of not reasonable money, but exorbitant money, ridiculous money. When we look at the way in which we publicly rank 
when we publicly put, because if you guys don't believe that these GMs and owners are not doing some of their business based off of public perception, then you're lying to yourself. I mean, at the end of the day, what good is being a public entity, an entity that 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 thrives off of the interest of the public if you don't take the public's interest into what you do? You want to know why Kirk Cousins still a quarterback in the NFL, a starting quarterback in the NFL, getting paid at the level that he's getting paid at? It's because the fans don't mind him. That's that's what it simply comes down to. Why is Daniel Jones being paid like he's being paid? Because he has the support of the fans. For all of for all of the talk about oh well, people aren't riding with Daniel Jones. Man, as a Giants writer, there's a lot of people out there riding with Daniel Jones. So he gets paid what he gets paid, and shout out to him because people are behind him. The moment we start seeing people legitimately not be behind him, and I don't know when that'll be because he's gotten every pass known to man. He's gotten every pass imaginable. Same with Kirk Cousins. I don't know when that'll be, but the moment that the people decide we're no longer riding with this dude, then you'll start to see a change. It's interesting because that's not even what I wanted to talk about today, but it was on my mind because I keep hearing these weird things like, you know, the time is running out on Dak Prescott like he's a 35-year-old quarterback. Like he didn't just throw for what he threw for last year after missing several games. He still was up over the 20s in touchdowns. We don't even hear people talk about Lamar Jackson in terms of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's never on the top tier. And I keep going, there's only one quarterback in that grouping of people who are considered the best in the league who's won a Super Bowl. His name's Patrick Mahomes. That's your top tier. Now, in your second tier should be guys who change the game, who change the mathematics, who make it hard for you to exist. If that's where you want to put Josh Allen, I'm okay with that. But in my opinion, that second tier should be reserved for guys who have been the reason their teams have gone to a Super Bowl to lose to Mahomes, or MVPs, unanimous. So put me three guys in that second tier. Put me Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson. Then in that next is where Allen goes, because that's where Justin Herbert is, and that's where, you know, that's where those other guys are. That's where Aaron Rodgers is now. Those guys who are really, really good. Those guys who are really, really good, but have yet to elevate their team to that level and still be playing on that same level. Who have, who have, who are not ascending. I mean, those were for guys who might be descending, like Aaron Rodgers. He's descending, but he's still so good from being up here that you got to put him there. 
right? That's where Dak Prescott belongs in that group. I digress. I spent the last like five days watching the U.S. Um, the USA track and field championships. It was fantastic. If you guys don't know, I tell you all the time, I'm not just a football fan. I'm not just somebody who looks at football. I watch all the sports, and I was geeking out all day, all along. Um, shout out to the to the USATF um, for having that dedicated feed that allowed me to watch like all the prelims and all the under 20 and all of the field events. It was great. And it got me to thinking about like how we do things in this country versus how they're done in some other countries. You know, I remember a story of Usain Bolt not um, making or not qualifying um, for the Olympics in his um, trials, and somehow he still ended up on the Jamaican team. If I got that wrong, somebody in the comments, please, like, tell me what that was. But I believe, like, he wasn't he wasn't the greatest of health, um, and he failed to make the um, the team or, or or win or get a place in the trials, and they gifted him a spot, and he went on to win um, gold medals in the Olympics, right? Because sometimes it's not your day. Sometimes it's not your day. Sometimes it's not your week. Sometimes you're dealing with injury. Sometimes you don't feel your best. You've got a large program, a lot to do. And the United States track and field does not give people exemptions and or passes to the world championships or to the Olympics. You have to earn it. Now, people out there are probably saying, well, well, that makes sense. You should. But what about all of these people who shine leading up to this one event? No allows said he had COVID the Monday before the before the um the um national championship started. So he came out there and ended up third. So he made the hundred meter team. But he came out there at less than optimal health. Now, because we are a nation full of sprinters, because we have sprinters falling out the wazoo, if Noah Lyles didn't make the 100 meters, nobody would really be upset about it because he's already going to Budapest in the 200. Nobody would say, oh, it's a tragedy, but guess what? What if it was the 200? What if something had happened and Noah Lyles wasn't the Diamond League 200 champion or he wasn't the defending world champion where he got a buy? What then happens if Noah Lyles has a bad day 
and he ends up fourth in the world, I mean, in the United States Championships. Now, Team USA does not have one of its favorites for gold because he had a bad day. Because it wasn't his day. Imagine. Imagine, right? Now, that's the essence of sport. Cool. It would be fine with me if everybody was playing underneath those same rules. But everywhere doesn't play under those same rules. In fact, the United States is one of the only countries where they have an open competition for their spots on world teams. I don't even know all of the all of the nations that do it. I just know that the United States is one of the only ones that does it. A lot of the other places, they just choose who's going to represent them. Or they have fail-safes in place that if their best don't make it, they still end up there. You ever notice that you don't see a lot of talk about who's going to go and represent their nation in the Olympics or in the world championships from other countries based off of a national trials, based off of a national, off of a national whatever. So here's what's going to happen in the United States. All of these people who made the Olympics, I'm sorry, who made the world championships this year, they're going to go to the world championships. And regardless of how they do, Next summer, they're going to have to make the U.S. team to go to the Olympics. So in the four years between when one Olympics happens and another Olympics happens, you have to be perfect on that one week. And during that one week, you have to be perfect every single round. The USA um, track and field championships, they're not even smart enough to go, we're not going to make you run prelims and finals in the same day. So we water down our own products, right? We water down our own products because of the uh, because of the schedules that we keep for no reason whatsoever. There's no reason why they could not have just had the U.S. the U.S. Track and Field Championships happen throughout the entire week last week, Monday through Sunday. They could have spaced everything out. They could have put it all in prime time or in times that fit for the conditions. Nothing had to be that grueling, except that, you know, decathlon, heptathlon, because that's grueling. But nothing had to be grueling. They could have spread it out. And now you encourage. You got to give, put a little bit more money. We got no no allows in the 200. So we got to see, we did not get to see no allows versus Arian Knighton 
in the final. You know why? Because Noah Lyles is trying to expend his energy to make the 100. We didn't get to see Fred Curley in the 100. You know why? Because he's trying to conserve his energy to make the 200. He didn't even make the 200. How good is our country? How good is our country where he can run the time that he ran and it's only good enough for fourth? I tweeted it this morning because I think it's a it's a testament to how good our country is in sprinting, but it's also a shame because you can't tell me that if I, I said, hey, pick, who do you want to represent you in the 200? And this is no, this is no, um, diss to Courtney Lindsay. This is no diss to Kenny Bednarik. But if you told me Courtney Lindsay, Kenny Bednarik, or Fred Curley, you're choosing Fred Curley. Fred Curley has gone this entire season, has not been beaten in the 100, 200, or in the 400. This entire season, he hasn't been beaten at three disciplines. He has one race that doesn't put him where he needs to be, and now he's done for the world championships in the 200. I I just, like, to me, that's short-sighted thinking. To me, that says... That says, oh, well, we care more about the integrity of how we're chosen over actually choosing the best to represent our country. Grant Holloway goes to the trials. He competes in the prelims and in the semifinals of the 110-meter hurdles. Or the 100-meter hurdles. Excuse me. But he doesn't face the guy that we, the guys that we want to see him up against in the 100-meter hurdle final. He just pulls out. And he's, his, 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 his reasoning is, I already have the buy. So I'll do as much as I need to. So I... So he's using our national championship. By the way, why does our national championship not mean anything to these people? Because on the field events, all of the throwers show up. The throwers, they know, hey, Ryan Krauser is here. And Ryan Krauser is like, yo, I know I have a buy into whatever, but, but, right? I want to be a national champion. Why is it in our running events, especially our sprints, especially with the guys, we don't see it. No Cindy McLaughlin in the 400 hurdles. Why? Because she's trying to make the 400. And the schedule doesn't allow her to do both. No thing more in the 800 meters. Why? Because she's competing in the 1600. Not because she's going to compete in the 1600 in 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 the world the world championships but just because she wanted to try it out 
And then people compare that to Allison Felix. And I go, Allison Felix competed in all of the stuff that she tried. A thing Mo makes makes second place in the 1600 or the 1500, but has no intentions of running the 1500 in Budapest. Why? She's clearly one of our best 1500 meter runners. I'll do you one better. Why is the thing mowing the 1500 at all? She is a 400, 800 runner. She's the national championship. She ran the double in the 400, the 800, ran the four by four, then went to the Olympics, excuse me, then went to the nationals and won the 800, then went to the Olympics, won the 800, and ran in the four by four. I think she could handle running the 800 and running the 400. So why didn't she run the 400? I'll tell you why she didn't run the 400. Because Sydney McLaughlin was running the 400. And they're both coached by the same coach. Why is our national championships not more exciting? Because we are picking and choosing when we want to fight. And the only time we want to fight is in the worlds. But guess what? That's why when we get to the world, a lot of times the worlds will beat us. Not in the, you know, not in most of the events that we really, really care about. But in all the other ones, guess what? No, they beat us. Why? Our competition isn't there. Our ability to endure isn't there. Our ability to grind isn't there. I'm looking at it happen all the way down the line, right? I'm looking at it happen all the way down the line. Our abilities to grind, our abilities to endure, our ability to be able to to persevere isn't there because now at the youth levels, it's not there. In Georgia, in Georgia, there in high school, there are no prelims and finals. Everything has just become a timed final. Everything. So where's your ability to be able to hold up and run fast times multiple times within a single day? It's not there. It's not there. Shanti Jackson, a high schooler going to Arkansas. Shout out to Arkansas, who's always been good in distance and and got all of these 400 runners now. And now all of a sudden they're going to have one of the fastest young ladies in in the country, if not in the world, and Shanti Jackson coming there. Um, but Shanti Jackson competed in the 100 meters, did not make the finals. She made the semifinals, had a bad semi um, in a loaded group and didn't make it. Um, yeah, she didn't make the, the finals. And then so in the 200, and I'm assuming this is the plan, but she didn't run in the um, she didn't run in the in the high level 200 meters 
against the 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 pros, she ran in the under twenties, and I shouldn't say in the, in the pros because you could be pro under twenty two, I guess. But you get what I'm saying. She ran in the under twenties, and she ran a twenty two forty eight, and won the event. Mia um, Bray Peterson, who, by the way, made the hundred meter final as a high school. I think she was she's a an eleventh grader, not even a twelfth grader. She made the hundred meters, then turned around and made the two hundred meters at that level, right? Twenty two six five. So, so she made it eighth. With a 22.65, and Shanti Jackson had a 22.48 to win the juniors. But what I really wanted to see isn't Mia Bray Peterson run against the pros and be eighth. I wanted to see her up against Shanti Jackson. So, right, I, I understand ambition. But I also want competition. I want competition of the best and the brightest. I want to see Mia Bray Peterson versus Shanti Jackson. I should have gotten that in the under 20 hundred and the under 20 200. And guess what should have happened? If their times in the under 20 hundred and 200 were better than the top three times in the in the legit field because it's track and field and, and, and the tracks don't change and the conditions are pretty much even for everybody outside of some wind here and there. If their times were better, guess who should have gotten those slots? They should have. And that would then allow for our national championships to feel like national championships. Like, I really want to win this because something comes with it. What's the payout for a national championship? Does anybody know? Does anybody know what the payout for a national championship is? Why would I exempt something that I'm getting a prize for? Clearly, it must not be a prize. There must not be a prize. USATF can't sit here and pimp the situation. That is what happened to AAU. That is why AAU lost its power. I don't care about name, image, and likeness. That is not paying people. That is allowing people to go out and find a way to hustle money. We need to make these net. The 100 meters is sponsored. The 800 meters is sponsored. The 400 meters is sponsored. The 200 meters is sponsored. So if it's sponsored, where is the sponsorship money going? You know what? As I sit here talking to you guys, it's really irking me. And you guys know I have ADHD. So I'm going to look. And maybe they have what people are making.
I am looking at what is the prize money for the USATF Outdoor Championships. And so I am looking at this story that says USATF National Championships put financial strain on athletes despite long list of sponsors. Look at this. I can't make this stuff up. This is um, Morgan Campbell from CBC Sports, by the way, um, posted on July 6th. Says the USATF National Championships, which began Thursday night in Eugene, Oregon, isn't just the event where American hopefuls um, gather to try to qualify for the world championships. Aside from the world's USATF, nationals might present the stiffest competition on the planet. At Worlds, where the best um, of the very best gather, it's normal to see three or more sprinters eclipse 9.9 seconds in the men's 100 meters. Last year's world medalists were Fred Curley, Marvin Bracey, and Trayvon Bromell, and the podium from U.S. Nationals the previous month, same runners, same order, all under 9.9. And that's just one event. The U.S. Nationals features primetime performers in several disciplines, talents like the draws, um, sponsorship dollars, blah, 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 blah. Corporate backers include the telecom company Xfinity, presenting sponsors for the men's 100, and Nike, which will present the women's 100 meters, Prevagen, the brain-boosting supplement, sponsored the women's 800, and the entire meet is brought to you by Toyota. First, it's the first big-time North American sports event to take place in 2023 without help from gambling companies or um, semaglutides. Another noteworthy um, tangiality connected subplot to this track meet. Some of your favorite athletes are incurring significant credit card debt for the chance to compete at an event with no appearance fees or prize money. So if I'm Fred Curley, I'm not incentivized to run the 100. If I'm Noah Lyles, I'm not incentivized to run the 200. You people got Sha'Carri Richardson out here blowing the doors off people in the 100 and the 200, and no money's attached to it. There's no bread. All of these sponsors, you're telling me Nike can't kick over 10 grand for the winner of the 100? I guarantee you if you put a $10,000, and I'm not even talking about a whole lot of money. I can't even believe this. If you put $10,000 on the line, everybody's showing up. Nobody, because, and here's why, and here's what we know, right? Because I didn't realize this. I thought that this was a re, one, another one of the reasons why the people didn't participate. If you are the, if you have an automatic buy into the world's, then even when you win, the fourth place person goes to Worlds. I realized that when I watched all of these throwers show up to win national championships. And then I realized it. Oh, snap. USATF. You're your own worst enemy. You're your own worst enemy. 
if you're not going to make it financially feasible for these people to show up and show out, then what are we talking about? Hey, look, I don't even care if you pay everybody. You have rankings. You see times. Hey, listen, if you if you have this qualifying time, USATF will pay for your for your um lodging and will pay for your travel to the United States Championships. If you win, you will get this much. If you're second place, you will get this much. If you're third place, you will get this much. They don't get anything. What? What are we doing? No wonder our national championships are not fire. I want to see Arian Knighton versus Noah Lyles. I want to see a thing Mo versus Sidney McLaughlin in the 400. Yo, love Britton Wilson. I love Talitha Diggs. They're not beating a thing Mo in the 400. A thing Mo knows it. A thing Mo is 800 meters strong and 400 meters fast. And they got her running a 1600 meters that takes all of these strategies and elbowing. It's not just out there running. People are like, the time is, is slowing down. People are slowing down. That's why in the 1500, we go over to the, the, the worlds and get smoked. You know why? Because we don't just run hard. Everything is a strategy to try to like win this one race instead of, yo, I'm trying to break the world record every time I get out here. That's how they're killing people in the other countries in these distances. Every time I see a phenom for the United States, every time somebody tells me there's a phenom in the 1500 or the 5,000 or the 3,000 or the steeplechase from the United States, I just look at the time and I say, Oh, that's cute. Let me look at these world times. Not a phenom. You want to know how I know? Because over there in, 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 in these other countries where they really do this distance running thing, those phenoms are running at the national level at 18 and 19 years old, and they are pushing for world records. They are beating legends. We don't even see our, our, our best and brightest go over a lot of times. The only person in the distance that I see consistently overseas um, is, is the steeplechaser. And her name just saluted me, but it'll come back. Emma Cohen. Emma Coburn, excuse me. That's the only one I ever see over there consistently running. And guess what I don't see her doing? Winning. But she knows in order to run with them, she's got to run with them. Because you have to run against the best to be the best. But when the United States Track and Field Association doesn't even like make it financially feasible or financially responsible for their best and brightest to compete, then what are we out here talking about? Why am I looking at a thing more in the 1500 and not in the 800 and the 400? 
Hey, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? If a thing mode did the 800 and the 400, that's not even 1500. That's not even 1500. Abby Steiner doesn't perform. Doesn't perform. Why? She's running the 200. Oh, she looked really good when there was no Sha'Carri Richardson running the 200. But why is she not as good? Why? Because she went from college where she was running all the time in multiple disciplines, 100, 200, on 4 by 400 race after race after race after race to now that she's a pro she's racing once a week maybe she's been doing really well going over there and 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 running in the diamond league but guess what you're not going up against you're not going up against the elite runners why because in the sprints the elite runners are over here if i'm trying to be the best i'm hunting the best you know who usually who usually um goes against each other all the time? The throwers. They never duck the smoke. And the USATF doesn't do anything to really make it financially advantageous for these people. So I watch, and I'm going to continue watching because I am a nut for track and field. I love it. But I look at it and I see the problems. And nobody talks about it. Why? Because it's not football. Even I, when I started this, was only supposed to talk about track and field, and I started with football. It's king. I get it. Hey, by the way, sidebar, can y'all stop hanging off on Victor Wimbanyama's um, um, gonads, please? Had 20-something in, 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 in 12 or something like that last night. He's a rookie. He's a rookie who needs to fill his body out. He's not going to be a star right now. Chill. Chill. He'll get there. And if he doesn't, guess what? He doesn't. We got enough stars. But man, USATF, y'all got to get it together. Because that's not going to work. Not, not with all of this talent. We, there's too much talent coming for you guys to not be better on this front end. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Talk Spicy. I'm Coach Gene Clemens. We do this thing a few times a week. Rate the show, comment, agree, disagree. But whatever you do, keep it spicy. Five-star ratings are appreciated. And if you're joining me on the YouTube channel, make sure you like. Make sure you subscribe. Hey, yo, I'm trying to get the 10,000 subs. I'm trying to get the 10,000 subs on this YouTube channel. I need your help. I need you to subscribe. I need you to tell a friend to subscribe. I'm not asking for your money. I'm not asking for your money. You're watching anyway. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Till next time. Peace.